Welcome to the Veteran Founder Podcast on the Startup Radio Network. Starting a company allows you to be back in control. The weekly show that brings together military spouse and veteran founders who are doing remarkable things in the business world. I can't imagine there's anything out there stronger than the bond that military and veteran entrepreneurs have. We'll hear their story, the story of their business, and lessons learned. Joy can override the worries and depression. Here are your hosts, Cynthia Kale and Josh Carter. Welcome, everybody, to the Veteran Founder Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Carter. With me, as always, is Cynthia Kayo. Cynthia, welcome to the show. Hey, hey. How's it going? You know, another week. Another. I'm on vacation, which is even better. Uh, and now if I could just get it to stop raining in Portland, Oregon, I would be so happy. You're supposed to take vacation away. You're supposed to go somewhere, <laughs> like I, I did. I went. I went up to New York last week. Your daughter graduated. Congratulations, yeah, by the way. She graduated finally. I'm oh like, yes. That's I amazing. This day would never come. Yeah, it's my cool. My son graduates next month, so I can't believe we're at the age where we can have kids that are graduating something. But uh, uh, oldies, man. We, we're really old. <laughs> uh, welcome, everybody. If you if this is the first time you're listening to the show, welcome. Every week we bring in these amazing entrepreneurs who are veterans, and this week is no exception. We have this amazing uh, military veteran slash CEO, Kate Monroe, CEO and founder of Vetcom. Welcome to the show, ma'am. Welcome. So excited to be here. Yeah, same. And you know, I you know I know that the Marine Corps is under the purview of the Navy. But anytime I talk to a Marine Corps vet <laughs> or Navy, I'm so excited. So I'm really excited to hear about your story. But so let's let's sort of rewind the tape. Why the Marine Corps? What what prompted you to go in the Marine Corps? So yeah, it is a crazy story. <laughs> I actually was at Christian Bible College on a full ride scholarship. And I think I had just been in this weird education pipeline so long, you know, in sixth yeah. grade, I started gate. And then in high school, I was in AP classes. And I kept getting told you're going to be somebody, a doctor, a lawyer, someone very important. And I think I just got flamed out on it. And so when I came home that summer after my freshman year, I actually looked into the Air Force. And the Air Force recruiter didn't do his job so well. <laughs> and so the story of how I actually end up going into the Marine Corps is I was supposed to go take my ASVAB and it was pouring rain and I pulled up to the little strip mall as you do, you know, all the recruiters are right yep. next to each other. Raining, raining. And I see that the lights are off in the Air Force recruiter's office. So he's clearly not taking me to the ASVAB. And so, of course, there's a Marine Corps recruiter there uh, pacing back and forth. And he comes out with his um, umbrella and says, hey, can I help you? I said, you know, I'm supposed to be going to take the ASVAB. And he says, oh, I'll take you. And he was a very good salesman. And I went into the Marine Corps as a result of that event. Wow. Cynthia is so sad because she's an Air Force vet. So. Yeah, yeah Air, I'll tell you, recru Air Force recruiters, they have, they're very, um, they're gatekeepers, <laughs> I've noticed. <laughs> There's a lot of folks that I know that tried to get in the Air Force and they couldn't and, you know, then they ended up joining another branch. But hey, another story to tell. I mean, yeah. how old were you when you went in? Um, I was 19 years old. You know, I actually got a perfect ASVAB score. It was an intelligence in the Marine Corps. So they missed out on a fairly decent recruit there. Wow. <laughs> the Air Force. So, yeah. That's amazing. What did yeah, you do when you got into the Marine? Um, well, when you get into the Marines, you go to, you know, boot camp yep. and that's just a punch in the face. Uh, when I was in boot camp, I actually fell uh, off an obstacle at the crucible and broke two ribs. Still oh. finished anyway. 
Um, but I, once done with that, went to Marine combat training in the middle of November, in the middle of like a hurricane. And I uh, got lost during land nav at nighttime and had to get helicoptered (laughs) out of there. So land nav was maybe not my specialty. And then I went to uh, my first school to be uh, an intel analyst, the 2621 in the Marine Corps. Oh, wow. And when you got in, what, if anything, surprised you about your experience? Like, Were you surprised at all by the intensity or what, what was your experience like? Well, in boot camp, you know, I was always a guide. You know, I ended up being the honor grad. So I had the experience in boot camp that I thought I would, although it was, I'm, I'm 5'9", and at the time I was about 120, you know, with abs. So I was like very large compared to the other girls that were closer to, you know, 5'1", to 5'4", range. So the physicality of it, and I was an all-star athlete in high school. So physically it wasn't that demanding. Um, but marine combat training, <laughs> that was demanding. different animal. And, yeah. Oh my gosh. I thought, well, I'm not going to be uh, a grunt, not cut out for this at all. That's so, so funny. Yeah. And where did yeah. you, did you get deployed anywhere or did you see any, uh, go any, go anywhere special? No, actually I wish that I had, my whole goal was to end up being a drill instructor along with one of my friends. Cause that's like in my nature, you know, I could go from zero to bitch you out in half of a second. <laughs> so I was really sad <laughs> when I didn't get to do that, but no, I actually, um, until, Analyst school is is fairly long. You'd have to go to Morse code school um, first, and it's about a year, followed by a year of school in uh, Pensacola. But I actually am a 90% disabled vet. So I think the end of my career was playing softball on the Marine team. I took a ball to the face oh and my uh, smashed my nose in eye socket and got a five-inch laceration that took, you know, I think I had a 72 hours of surgery. So it was kind of a career ending event. You know, I almost lost my eye. So oh, um, I didn't get to go as far as I wanted to. Yeah. Sure. So, I, you know, we always ask, you know, what's the transitions like, but that's a crazy transition story. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, it wasn't the best. <laughs> yeah. I, I would imagine. So you, you get out. What do you end up doing after you get out of the Marine Corps? Well, I grew up with a really entrepreneurial dad who had a really good background uh, in sales. So I was always kind of selling something ever since I was a little kid. So I thought naturally I'll do something in the sales genre. I got out and inherited a really good marketing and collateral material uh, delivery route uh, from a man that was retiring. So I thought I was in sales at that point, but I was really just delivering (laughs) orders, you know, pre-orders of stuff and having lunch with, you know, the owners and GMs of these large resorts in Florida where I was. Um, but I, I got out and that was my first job. It was a very lucrative job and every job I had since then has been, you know, in sales management, leadership, something like that. I have a unique question to ask because I'm a woman veteran and I wanted to find out, were there any specific issues that you faced either going through the Marine Corps or exiting the Marine Corps? Because you know, especially when you're in um, in a specific branch that's um, kind of praised for combat arms. Um, did you experience any discrimination or even getting out and telling people you're a Marine? Um, when I was in the Marine Corps, and I and yeah, I, I don't want to ever paint the Marine Corps in a bad light. I, I think that the Marine Corps definitely set me up for the success that I've had in my life. 
I did experience a lot of, you know, I was actually assaulted. You know, I, mm. I have, you know, MST as part of my disability. Um, and that was not the easiest thing to navigate, especially being in that type of a service where it's like, yeah. okay, well, if you want to go that route, you know, just kiss the rest of your career goodbye. So that was hard. And I also, I was a 300 PFT I was a very, uh, very had sound physical fitness ability. And I remember when I was trying to recoup from one of my surgeries, you know, they tried to say, Oh, you're malingering, you're this or that. And I'm thinking, a 300 PFT or really <laughs> yeah. like malingering. Okay, guy, you know, I can do 20, 20 pull-ups. Um, so yeah, it was very difficult, you know, but I think it set up my expectation for uh, some of the rest of the things that have happened to me as a woman in business. You know, mm-hmm. I, I worked for a really large company and I was a rookie of the year of that company. It was the best in the world. And that even happened to me at that company. You know, they wanted to set me aside for being a woman. So I don't know that it's limited to the military. Yeah. It really just has kind of been part of my whole career, which is, you know, what leads you to entrepreneurship. You know, you just go, you know, I'm the captain of my ship now and no one's going <laughs> to set me aside or, you know, no one puts baby in the corner, so to speak. <laughs> yeah, I definitely have the same experience, you know, just having to navigate a lot of my own trials and tribulations and uh, marching to the beat of my own drum. And I think it kind of makes you a better entrepreneur because you're forced to rise above your challenges. And um, what's really interesting is, you know, now as a woman veteran, like I try to, I try to teach employers that may not understand the veteran experience. Yes, we, we have a unified experience, but then you have unique experiences for those of us who are in, who are either in specific occupations or served as a woman, or there's people that were transgendered or LGBTQ. So um, I think it's a really interesting story. You know, not that anybody's struggles are diminutive, but everybody has their own um, mountain to climb, so to speak. And that kind of makes you your own person to be honest. And I, you know, tell me a bit about like your business, because it sounds as if a lot of your experiences has has shaped what you do now. Yeah, I, the business, you know, I have two businesses, the one that we'll talk about today, vetcom.us. That business is totally focused on our, our mission is to get 1 million veterans rated uh, within the next 12 month period. And, you know, there's 21 million vets, and 17 million of them are not rated for a disability. Mm. And so I think I just took that on as a challenge. And for me, I needed a little bit of closure, you know, because I went through some things and I didn't get to finish my career that I set out Mm -hmm. to finish. And so I think my way to wrap up that experience is to help all these vets that just think the ship has sailed or they don't deserve it or whatever it is. And I think, it just everything to this point has led me to believe that it's not an insurmountable task to get a million people rated. It's only insurmountable if you believe it to be. And I am just not that person. I don't, uh, I don't find limits in life. And I especially don't want others to try and limit me. So I think that I just wanted to empower all these people that other people have tried to limit, you know, and I've tried to say no to them and, you know, tried to make them feel as though they don't deserve something that they in fact do. So I think that all of the things that have happened to me led me to this moment where I want the million man March. <laughs> we will get the VA to cough up a billion dollars per month. That's my goal. Wow. That's, that's amazing to me. And, and how, 
what has what in your military career what have you done that has sort of um helped you in this in this fight what what did you take from your military experience that's helped shape what you're doing today like as far as skills or yeah. challenge you know obviously you, you had some obvious obvious challenges but you yeah. know, what do you think has helped you well i think what helps me is it puts everything into perspective right because right. I, I remember when i went to write my first book everybody said oh my gosh you're gonna write a book how however will you write a book and i just thought <laughs> Uh, I'll sit at the computer and begin typing and eventually I'll be done typing. <laughs> you know, like if you compare that to having been a Marine, it just doesn't seem that hard. So that's my litmus test. It's just sure. harder than something I have done before. Okay. I probably can do it, you know? Uh, and I just think that that made everything else in my life seem very easy comparatively. And it just teaches you resiliency and that adaptability, you know, the, the whole Marine Corps mantra is adapt and overcome because whatever you got used to today is going to change tomorrow. And so I think I just take things in stride and just keep pushing forward. And yeah, I think it did that for me. It made everything seem easy. That's funny. I had a different mantra. I thought the Marine was FUBAR. That mantra was FUBAR, but... <laughs> I don't know. I, maybe I was in the wrong wrong area. The wrong part. That's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's funny because I had that conversation earlier today with a coworker who, you know, there was an incident that happened at work and, they're, and they called me and they're like, you're really calm <laughs> for everything that's happening. Yeah. And I'm like, am I getting shot at? Do I still have a roof over my head? Like, yeah, they can't I, kill me and eat me. I'm good. I know. I'm like, <laughs> hey, compared to what I went through before, this is nothing. I You just yeah. have to take it in perspective, right? Yeah. And you tell yourself, yeah. no matter what's going to happen, because there's going to be difficult times coming around the corner and then it'll pass, you know, you, you've overcome worse before. And I yeah. think that that's really a big thing to overcome. Just when you're looking back at like some of the difficulties of your own life and everybody has them, everybody has their own challenges. You, you kind of put it in perspective with whatever you're going through right now. <laughs> it could be worse. No. 100%. Oh yeah. Yeah. So talk a little bit about, uh, how long has this been? How long have you been doing vetcom? Is this a new thing or have you been doing it a while? Well, um, I just sold my car dealership at the end of last year and, and it's in Oceanside, California. And then there's a lot of veterans here and a lot of active, active duty military. And so, Somebody came in one day and said, oh, you're rated. How did you do it? And I was like, oh, I'll help you get rated. And I sat down and helped them get rated. And then they brought a friend and brought a friend. And so I did like 50 people's ratings. Wow. And I just, you know, and that, I started doing that about 10 months ago. So I mm. guess you know, about 10 months we've been working on this and we're going to launch in about uh, 30 days from now. Wow. Uh, we have built a platform not just to get people rated, but to get them, um, you know, their vocational rehab, their college, get them signed up for healthcare, how to buy a house, who to do that with. I mean, we have multiple charities signed on, multiple companies. We have um, True Blue, the company is going to employ all these veterans. So, I mean, I, I spent the last 10 months building um, relationships so that when we launch, it's like a hurricane making landfall. You know, we are far out ahead of the market and uh, anyone who would try to compete with us should rather join us. That would be my advice to them. <laughs> nice. Nice. Uh, what have you learned along the way? What what specific lessons do you think you've taken so far of this journey that, because uh, you, you've been an entrepreneur, you, ha you have multiple companies. I looked at your website when we were talking before here, there's like six companies on your website. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, what's some of the things that you've taken uh, as lessons so far? 
You know, some of the biggest lessons that um, I've come up with, you know, I'm about to start uh, teaching a course at Liberty University in the fall. I'm going to go do an entrepreneur's boot camp for them, actually, which I'm excited about. And I guess the biggest thing I've learned and my quote for the whole boot camp is, if you're going to go out in the world and plant your flag, you better be willing to drive it all the way into the ground. Because, you know, sometimes you set out on your journey to do something entrepreneurial and you kind of put your toe in the water and you don't jump all the way in and and it doesn't and it fails or you jump all the way in and it fails and you learn from it and go, okay, well, I won't do that particular thing next time you learn you can't be undercapitalized. I just think what I've learned is you have to try to achieve excellence and not perfection. Because if you keep trying to perfect your thing, you're never going to launch it and you're going to be too critical of yourself. So I really just focus on deliverable excellence. And that's the advice I would give others. Get to deliverability and then polish it after that. So what started the love for teaching, wanting to uh, empower other people in business? Well, when I was a kid, I uh, taught vacation Bible school in the summers and I really enjoyed that. And I thought then, okay, I want to be an elementary school teacher. And it was in my heart to educate others. And I went to do some student teaching. And one of the teachers said, hey, can you take my keys and get something out of my car? And I ran outside to the parking lot. And her car was parked next to mine. And mine was not a great car. It was the car I got when I was 16, right? It was my first old car. (laughs) And my car was nicer than her car. And then I looked around the parking lot. And I thought, oh, man, this cannot be a lucrative venture here being an elementary school teacher nothing to knock that I just when I was a little kid I could go find them for you but it was like what do you want to be when you grow up wealthy (laughs) and I didn't see that as a path to get there Um, Mm -hmm. but it didn't change my heart for wanting to teach and so you know once I got into I've been I was in the car business at a very high level I was in timeshare at a very high level um you're always as a sales leader having to teach and coach. You know, now I'm the coach for one of the largest real estate brokers here in San Diego. And I think that I get some satisfaction about being a catalyst to change. It's like, here's how good you are now with my help and my push, you're going to get, you know, X percent better. And I like being able to say I had a hand in that change and I will always enjoy that. So that's why we built a coaching teaching system, you know, for a multitude of people. Cause I just thought, you know, I did 50 people in maybe seven or eight months, but there's 17 million people who need it. So I had to build a coaching platform so they could all take the same course. <laughs> yeah. So to, to be honest, it doesn't sound like it's, it's only just, Hey, let me help you get your rating. It is more like, how do I use my skills and how do I use my knowledge and um, share that information and empower other people? Correct. I want them to understand that, you know, A lot of people think, um, I have to get a lawyer. I have to, you know, get one of these very expensive people to help me navigate getting rated. And that's just not the truth. What you need is the right information. Mm -hmm. If you have the right information and a good workbook and a click by click, you can do it yourself. You don't need to give up half of your winnings to somebody who can do what you can do. So I just want them to understand, like, you have a sufficient amount of acumen in your own brain to navigate this course and do it yourself. I just want to empower them, uh, you know, to let them know that they can own this process and other processes as far as benefits go. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. You know, every, every episode we try to talk a little bit about 
the journey of, of a CEO and, and how that journey as an entrepreneur can be a really lonely one. Talk a little bit about what you do to, to stay grounded, how, you've, how you're able to connect with others to maybe just vent out the frustrations. You know, I, I've often said that the CEO role is a very lonely one. You can't vent to your, frust- your, your co-founder, your spouse is tired of hearing about it, your family has no idea what you're doing. So, so talk about a little bit of the tips and tricks that you use to sort of stay mentally healthy through your journey. Well, I think one of the biggest things that you can do, no matter if you're an entrepreneur or anyone on earth, you cannot take all of your problems and things that are going on to bed with you at night because yeah. without good sleep, you're not going to be productive. So you, nothing that you are going to worry about in bed at night is going to be fixed by your worrying. So you're better off to just lay it down. So there's a certain point in my day where I lay down the day and I relax because I know that I have to fill my tank. Um, You know, some of the other things I like, I don't necessarily feel that lonely in it, although I do guard all of my employees from any negativity. You know, if there's a huge setback and it's going to be like a giant wave going to roll over the top of me, I just take that wave myself and dirt it off and tell them we're doing great and to keep marching on. Um, Because if your staff, if their minds get corrupted, now you're going to spend all your time fixing them and it'll just, it's like a washing machine. It can get out of balance really quickly. Yeah. My response was always living the dream. So, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I I was just going to say, you know, looking back, uh, if you could give your, your young self some advice, you know, you you run into young Kate Monroe, 13, 14 years old, trying to make, make it up through, you know, into her teen years and getting ready to start this military journey into this entrepreneurial journey. What, what advice would you give young Kate Monroe? You know, I would tell my younger self, you know, you are enough. You're enough as you are in this moment and don't let other people try to squash you down with their jealousy or their negativity. You know, don't let others be a boat anchor to you and to your success. Um, I think too many times we listen to other people and we don't realize that their naysaying comes from a a place of jealousy. You know, they're not being jealous, you know, they're not being kind with their words. And so I would have liked to have heard that, you know, when I was younger, because I always thought I was a little beanpole in, in, in high school, uh, you know, going into the Marine Corps after smashing my face and like basically losing like all of my physical beauty for years and years. Um, it was very difficult, (laughs) you know, and I had to hear a lot of negativity and a lot of blowback from people and a lot of, oh, you're not going to make it. And, you know, if I had listened to them, I wouldn't be sitting on this podcast with you right now, quite frankly. So just don't listen to all the crap and keep your mind clear and you're enough. You rock as you are. Yeah, no, that's great advice. Cynthia, did you want to ask? Go for it. Yeah. Is there anything that you learned that you could have done? differently or that something, you know, just in the journey of being an entrepreneur, we mess up. <laughs> it's, it's a normal oh, fact yeah. of life. Uh, what, what's the one thing that you could change? The one thing I would change, I think is, you know, when you're younger, you think you want like all or nothing, you know, I want to own my whole company and be in charge of every single thing. And, and you basically squash your greatness down to your ability to control it. Hmm. You know, I've got to the point now where I realize there are certain things that fall outside the bounds 
uh, of my area of purview. I am, I am not good at particular things. And so I've learned to find people that are and to pay them accordingly um, so that I can be successful and, and we can be successful as a unit. It's more of we and us versus I. You know, the higher you climb as a CEO, you can only do it successfully as a team. And so, I, you know, being younger, I wish that I had known I needed, you know, people that was okay to pay them and give them a piece of the pie. Yeah. Makes a lot of sense. Um, you know, I know Vetcom is, is brand new. Like it's, you know, you're getting, you talked about you're getting ready to, to, uh, to launch it, but say in less than 10 years, you take care of this goal that you're this lofty goal, which I'm here for hundred percent. Love it. What then, what, what happens after you've reached that goal? What, what, what do you hope the future of Vetcom ends up being? You know, I hope that eventually, not necessarily that we run out of vets to get rated, right. You know, cause it's like an ever ending. There's always people getting out of the service. Um, but I hope that that community of people that there's enough of them that are good at it, that they can keep carrying that torch. And, you know, and it's like no veteran left behind. If you know something and it's worked for you, you need to empower other people to do what you have done. So I hope that eventually it it catches on and it gets traction and momentum and becomes kind of like a movement rather than a company. And that would be really pleasing to me. That's amazing. Where can people find you, Kate? Um, I mean, they can go to katemonroeceo.com or they can go to vetcom.us. That's V-E-T-C-O-M-M.us, not .com. <laughs> I love it. Uh, Kate, thank you so much for being on the show. Your journey is amazing. Uh, if we could be helpful in any way, please let us know. Uh, but thank you so much. I appreciate your time. Yeah, and I really appreciate your time as well. It's always fun to talk with other the veterans, especially ones in the entrepreneurial space, you know, it's good to see that there's those of us carrying that flag and employing other people and, you know, doing our part here in the great United States of America. I love it. Cynthia, another episode. We're over, we're in the triple digits now, by the way, Kate, your episode, I think 102 or 103. So, uh, yeah, we're getting up there. Uh, this has been great. Nice work. Yeah. Time flies when you're having fun. Time really does fly yeah. when you're having fun. We've been doing this two and now almost three, almost three years now. And it's been so much fun getting to know people like Kate. Uh, guys, thank you so much for listening. You can hear us everywhere you find podcasts. Listen to us on the startupradionetwork.com or anywhere you find podcasts. Listen, learn, get shit done. We'll see you guys next week. You're listening to the Startup Radio Network. Listen, learn, launch. 10% of our gross revenue goes directly to women entrepreneurs in developing countries around the world through Kiva's microfinance program.